what's good yo we back with season two yeah we about to get real new york on here so i'm saying like follow subscribe yeah we finna be live Tell your friends to tell your wretched ass friends Thought we was gone, but nah, I know we ain't Thought you got rid of us, but no, no, you can't Yeah, uh, we gotta do this shit for real, let me Welcome back to another episode of Pontificating Podcast it's me, your girl Ty, and me, your girl Asia. And you know how we do it, guys. We're just going to jump right in. Asia, you start. Um, I just want to start with something. It's a sentiment we have uh, voiced many times on this podcast. But um, uh, as we are, according to the government, not going into recession, but it feels very recession-y, right? I just wanted to reiterate how crazy it is to be a billionaire. Because I feel like as we learn about more billionaires these days, we don't the, the poor people, which the majority of us, still cannot grasp the concept of a billionaire and how much money a billion dollars actually is, right? So I want to give you guys like a number to really understand the concept of it. So if someone gave you a billion dollars today, you would have to spend $1,000 each day for 2000 740 years to spend one billion dollars <laughs> so when people say so-and-so worked hard for it and whatever first of all they you, you didn't i'm not saying they didn't invent something that gained them lots of money i'm not saying they they didn't put their mind and produce something that caused them this but the idea of working hard physical labor to get a billion dollars is not realistic no one no one is toiling for that much money it's just not possible um and it's just the idea of like billionaires can solve world hunger and still be billionaires because it's so much money it's money that their great 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 grandkids are going to have so to live in a world where i don't have a thousand in my bank account (laughs) I do not have any M's in my bank account. Um, where I don't have a thousand in my bank account right now, and someone has two thousand seven hundred and forty years worth of thousands is the word is not even unfair because I think it's the word is more like it's diabolical. Like it's it's not it's inhumane to have that m- much money. And not put it towards real things, right? Like I know people donate buildings and they pay off a college degree and they pay off a yes, that's wonderful. But the way that billionaires can actually fix the earth that we have to keep living on, well, some of them are going out of space, so who knows? But the way that billionaires can actually fix, like, I think world hunger, since I was born, world hunger has been a problem and it's only getting worse. And I think the UN said it will cost like six billion a year to solve world hunger. Something, some crazy ass number. I'll I'll fact check the number, but I think it's like six billion to solve world hunger. And it's like, like we discussed some episodes back, the Waltons of Walmart, they have two hundred and forty six billion. So six billion (laughs) would mean nothing to them. Yeah. So the fact that 
our government and other governments, and you know, maybe it's going to communism, Marxism, but whatever. The fact that governments allow people to attain and to hold so much wealth when the world that we all have to share is in shambles and people are literally starving to death in 2023 is like we have to eat the fish. Like we have to really, I don't know what the plan is, but something has to happen because it's crazy that some people are really just set for generations of lives and people are like myself I'm not gonna have a child I'm pretty sure I'm not gonna have a child and part of the reason is because I don't have the funds and like if I have a child I have to now start saving to keep them alive I have to do generational wealth if there's no, no generations there's less pressure right but if you're someone that wants to have a child you that's something you have to look into unless you want to see forward your child and the fact that people have generational wealth for the next 100 generations and the majority of us can't even like deal with an emergency is it's not okay and also the fact that it's like people are going to say well that's six thousand six billion dollars a year and then they're not gonna then they're gonna whittle away at their their quote-unquote generational wealth but i'm like no that's what they have right now but they're still acquiring wealth as they go as the generations progress yes no one is going to stop getting money because as for, for some time, I was, I was reading something and people were saying, oh, I just spent a billion dollars. I just spent a billion dollars. And I was like, I don't think they realized that they actually can't spend. <laughs> no, there was a whole thing on Twitter where they had like this, um, this guy built this website and I've tried to, I tried to spend a billion dollars in my lifetime. You can't, I think I bought like, I think I bought like six jets, a bunch of cars, a bunch of houses and still did not make a dent in the um, amount of uh, wealth that I didn't hit a billion dollars. So that is very true. I mean, we're hungry is crazy, right? <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> like, niggas be hungry and the other people have surplus of food. That's crazy. Surplus. People are literally dying in the streets. Yeah. And of exposure and cold and other things that they should not have to die from. Yeah. Like, no one should die of hunger. I think that's so immature. <laughs> that's so immature of this, of this planet that people die of hunger. After all of these billions of years that we've been on this earth and you haven't figured out how to feed everybody, especially with all this processed food, and, and not to feed people with processed food, guys. Like, we are better than that. Like, the earth is made. If y'all stop building high rises and tend to the soil and plant some fruits and vegetables and stop monopolizing on the, um, the food and drug industry. But we are right. Yeah, this is the last thing I'm going to say. My mom and I were discussing um, people who scan the system, and I don't give a damn. But, you know, she was saying, like, religion, and I was like, first of all, like, if, if you want to talk to people about religion, Jesus would be appalled that people have to have welfare and that they have to have affordable housing because it should just be part of the world. Like, the world provides these things already. The world provides food, it provides all the food groups. The world provides uh, tools for shelter, right? So the fact that a number of people have monopolized the things the world prom- um, provides naturally, and now we have to pay these people astronomical amounts to attain these things that we need to live, like basic food and shelter. Those are basic human needs across the board. Every human needs food and shelter. And the fact that 5%, no, sorry, 1% owns all these things, <laughs> and the rest of us are like, I just want to eat. Uh, it's wild. 
And Jesus would not be okay with this. Right. So all you conservatives and right wingers, you're going to hell. I'm fucking screaming. This person said you're going to hell. Probably. I don't know. All right. Sorry. What's your is it just me this week? Okay. My is it just me is just like kind of dumb. Okay. Right. But like, is it just me or wait? Did I do this about haters or was I just me and you having a conversation? I do not know. I hate when our worlds collide like this. I try not to talk about music. Huh? Music? Yeah. No, I don't think we had it on air because no, because so no. okay, okay. So I have another. Is it? Is it? It's okay. I'm gonna use one from this one. There's okay. my activation. Okay. Okay. So is it just me? We will like, and I know it's not just me, but I just I need y'all to walk with me down this logic, right? Mm-hmm. Is it just me, or do Black Americans need to start? Not I don't. I hate the word gatekeeping. We need to stop being so open for things because we. As we expand the diaspora, and I'm all about it, right? Because, like, mm-hmm. I don't really know where I'm from. Like, from time to time, Ancestry saying, I'm Nigerian. And then they'll be like, oh, you Senegalese. And then they'll be like, oh, you from the, the Southern Bantu people. So it changes all the time. So I'm not quite clear. But I think what I am not okay with is, like, how the more we broaden ourselves with the diaspora, the more... Black American culture is kind of being um, neglected or pushed to the side. It's just real weird to me. It's real weird to me how Black American culture can't like we can't hold on to the thing that we have. Like it's some something not some not right with mm-hmm. me. So I was like, um, I don't know if this is gonna come out so much later, but there has been so much discourse and canceling of the Essence Fest. And maybe um, Essence Magazine, and it's because they said that um, Essence Fest is no longer for the culture of New Orleans because they are they sent businesses cease and desist um, uh, letters in the mail, so they can't sell their merchandise outside of the the Superdome or any anywhere near the convention center. So a lot of businesses are upset, and they're like. You are stifling small businesses, um, and this is this has always been the the culture around Essence Fest mm-hmm. in New Orleans, like you being in our city, right? And then now that's twofold, right? Because if you're thinking like I'm like okay, Essence Fest, they also have their own marketplace. They all, you know, it's all everything is feeding it into each other. So now they have more small businesses coming in with uh, like brands like Target or whatever, whatever, whatever. However. I'm like, and they're like, oh, they're not for the culture. And I was like looking up who owns Essence Fest. And it's uh, Richelieu Dennis, right? Who is a Liberian black man. But like, we were happy because he also owned Shea Moisture. We were happy when uh, Essence was back to being black owned because for so long they were owned by Viacom, a white company. And it was very tricky, right? But then it's just like, does it matter if he's black, if he's not of the culture? And he doesn't like uphold the same like um, reverence for 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 like the, the culture of like Louisiana cuisine. Like everybody always talks about black culture in a way that it's like kind of blanket. It's not. And it's theirs for the taking. And it's theirs for the taking because like maybe you came to the states and you know you were embraced by it or you felt like seen by it or whatever. But it's just like 
with you understanding that, all black culture is not the same. Like, the culture of Louisiana is different from the culture from up here in New York, the, the, different from the culture that's in um, Atlanta, that's different from the black culture that's in Detroit. You know what I mean? The different from the, the, the culture that's in LA. And it's just like, do you understand it? <laughs> I don't think you understand it because it's like, oh, like, let's capitalize off of blackness and oftentimes and not to be like, one of these people that's trying to, I'm not trying to divide the diaspora, but it's like, y'all be acting like, you know, the culture and blackness is up for the taking and up for like making money off of it. And it's just like, what makes you any different from a white man? It makes, it, it really makes them no different. And we have discussed like how we hate diaspora wars. And I feel like, especially as black Americans, we're like the butt of everything. Because we're not allowed to have anything. Like if I came and I had, I have to pick up Nigerians. But if I was wearing, if I had, if I wanted a traditional Nigerian wedding, I'd be culturally appropriating. That right. that's that would be the the, the, com- the commentary. Yeah. This is not your culture. You don't get to just wear the garb and do tradition. And people do not see American Black culture as culture. They just think it's like I don't know. I don't even. I would love to know in their minds what they think it is. Right. Because yeah. like, what do you think? it is because it is culture because it's, it's it's twofold they'll say you have no culture they love, they love to say we have no culture while they're looking like us talking like us dressing like us because that's not your culture either mm-hmm. that's not how you would dress if you were wearing your traditional nigerian clothes right right you wouldn't have the nails the hair the baby hair the, the aab this is not yours right so it's like you've been and when you were talking about it earlier like Black Americans, I feel like we just are always longing to like be reunited with our yeah. cousins that we lost along the way, and we're so open to them, and they are not open to us a lot of times, and they're also disrespectful to us because to go to New Orleans, especially like New Orleans has such such a heavy black culture, like it's black, right, and it's different types of black too because then you have the Creole, like it's so intricate. And even me as a black American from New York, you know what I mean? Like, even me understanding that I'm never going to go to, like, Louisiana. I'm never going to go to New Orleans and be like, oh, no, you're not black enough. Like, ma'am, you may look like a full-on white person, but you may be Creole. Maybe. Okay. Like, where are your people from? Who are your people them? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, it's just, it's so, I I hate the blanketness. and And I do understand, like, you know, some of the uh the rejection that they have right because they come to america and they felt like they were being picked on and othered and ostracized you know under you know white patriarchal system and you know and black americans probably inflicted that on them but it's not only black americans because caribbean americans oh we're right here but like whatever but like you know it's a black and they didn't feel embraced or you know so i do understand that but it's just like we are not capitalizing off of your culture in that right. way. And that's the thing, too. It's like... One, because we don't have access. Right. You won't allow access. That's the thing, too. It's like, okay, you... As someone who was raised, born here, like, I'm Black American, that's my culture, right? Like, if I went to Nigeria, or the continent, the mother, right, and I felt so othered, I would not... I feel I would not. Maybe I'm wrong. I feel I would not take everything from that culture, except the people. Mm. you know what I mean 
like they take everything from it. Like they are, like I said, speaking like a dress of oh, 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 everything. Okay, yeah. You want everything from the culture, but the people. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, kind of yeah, crazy. Yeah. I feel like if I'm if I'm if I'm so proud to be an American and I'm gonna reject because I feel other, I want to be. I mean, I'll be, I'm gonna be first of all, Black America and America is different worlds. But I'm gonna lean more into my Black Americanness. Yeah. Because I'm gonna be like, you know what? If you want me here, I'll go where I where I'm wanted. I'm not gonna just start like wearing all your clothes, dressing like you, talking like you, acting like you, and then fully fully dressed and be like, I'm not I'm not Nigerian. Like I couldn't tell, could not tell, could not tell, and I think that's the disrespect. Yeah, like you're playing in my face. <laughs> right, right. And then there are Black Americans who want to like connect. Because as you're saying that, I was like, oh, then they're gonna be like, oh, but like there are Black Americans here because they're trying to connect to to um their ancestral line in a way. But they are also doing it with like reverence and respect. Yeah, like they are like as much as we like to like talk about Iyanla, but like that's what she did. Like her name is not Iyanla. Her name is Rhonda. She talks about her African ancestry and her spirit, her African spirituality. Her tapping back into that ancestral like. And then I think so often, like, it, like you said, it's like we're the butt of the joke, and I'm like, it's not that, fu- it's not funny at all. Honestly. It's not funny. It's it's very disheartening because we do long for the life that was taken from us. That's the thing. It's like mm-hmm. Black Americans are victims, and the whole world has decided to victim shame them. Yeah. <laughs> Like, well, why were you on the coast anyway? Right. Why didn't you run faster? Like, I'm a victim. I'm a victim. What like, do you mean? Yeah. What do like, you, what oh, you I saying? Didn't go back home. Where, what, like, what home? We had no home. And I will say this, because I do love the continent. I only been one place. But I was embraced, and I love it. And it, it was very meaningful. It's a very meaningful. That's why I kind of don't want to travel anywhere else but to, to Africa. And yes, I say Africa as one place, because I mean the continent. I just want to hop all around, right? So there are people that embrace and they do understand, but it's just like, it's, it's, it feels like the loudest people in the room are doing the most harm as well. Yeah. Um, and it's just really, it's really sad. And I will say this, I feel like, and I, my first experience with this was Korean people, and now it's African people. Um, I feel like it's not so much the ones that are born there, and raised there, in my personal experience, mm-hmm. it's the second, it's the first generations. It's like mm. they like to gloat that they know their forefathers. But you're American, baby. Yvonne, Yvonne Orgies of the World. Yeah. Um, well, she was born there, but she came when she was very young. Oh, that's why. She came so at like four. This is what I'm saying. I feel like the, the ones that came as babies, and this goes for, this goes for, I think, a lot of diaspora babies who are either born in their country and come here right, right away, or they're born here first. I feel like for them, it's something to hold over our heads. And maybe this is me just being ridiculous. I don't know. But I feel like when I speak to people who are like natives, it's not the same sentiment. It's like, oh, come home. It's okay. But when it's people who are born here, they love to hold it over your head. Like, well, you didn't even know this. You didn't even know that. And I do think it's from their parents because your parents are your first teachers. I think that's part of it. But I do feel like it's something they can hold over us. Like I'm not I'm not American, but you are. You have a blue passport. You are indeed an American person. Yeah. You are. You are. You oh, are. And that's not. And your kids them. are going to be American too. And I was talking to my coworker because she has said, um, she said sometimes she she's she's Nigerian. She was born in Nigeria. She came here like as an adult. Um, 
but she was in England for a school for a while. Anyway, she was saying that when she goes shopping sometimes, she'll see, she'll, you know, she has an accent, and somebody will say, I can't understand you, and she'll be like, oh, because Americans always say they can't understand you, and I was like, are you sure they're American? Because, oh, because they're black does not mean they're American, because you can ask, if you ask Haitian person, they're Haitian, they're obviously American. They're in America, they're looking like black Americans, because no one is dressed in their traditional clothing. Right. So you're assuming that Americans are going around saying they can't understand you. That person could be Nigerian, second generation. They could be Jamaican. They could be any kind of Caribbean, actually. Mm-hmm. Or any other person from the diaspora. Right. And they don't, they don't identify as American, um, but they can't understand you. Now, are they doing it to be dicks? Maybe. Who knows? But it's just this idea that Americans are just so terrible and are so ignorant. And it's like, maybe it's... And they can it's also so never tell because, like, last night... I mean, granted, this man was white, but it was also weird. But I have had other Africans come up to me and they'd be like, oh, where are you from? You're, they'd be like, oh, you're from um, Benin. You're from everywhere else. You're, you're my, I'm like, no, I'm from the South. No, mm-hmm. my family's from the South. I'm from Brooklyn. I'm not. Now, the man last night, he said, oh, are you Haitian? And I said, sir, what the fuck? No, mm-hmm. I'm not Haitian. But it's like, looking at me, you can't tell. Now, when I was on the continent, they knew. Right. They're like, your, they said, your skin's too yellow. <laughs> They're like, your skin's too yellow. It looks like you got jaundice. I oh, said, my God. I was like, you know what? You're right. But um, anyway, let's pivot because we will be talking about this next season. We're going to have something really uh, in store for you. But I was just so triggered. Yeah. Um, Not even triggered, but it just sent me into a deep thought hole. And I was just like, does it matter if they're not upholding some of the, the standards that I in American culture and it doesn't have to be like black American culture and it doesn't have to be my particular brand of uh, black American culture but there are so many other brands and I'm just like it, it just feels like a whitewash and then there's also about the whole like a man running a company that I just don't sit well with the, with the company geared towards black women it, it's just my mind has been it's been I think one last thing yeah I was like tapping capitalism I think the, also the thing is that I think we've all those who are who discuss these things, we all agree that capitalism is right, it's white supremacy, and capitalists are individualistic people. And so I think it's like to see a black person, uh, I, don't, I don't know if Liberia goes by tribes, as well as no, right? But to see a black person, and we're supposed to be, we're supposed to, we're supposed to be a group of people as a, as our innate, our innate, our natural way of being, right? So for them to shut out other black people from, from making money mm-hmm. in their own place. Mm-hmm. It feels like white supremacy. Especially, okay, and I'm also, this is the last thing I'm going to say about this, right? Because <laughs> I know myself, and I'm like, I, and not that I'm not, like, fucking with Liberians right now, but I haven't seen, I've been watching Summer House Martha's Vineyard, and Silence is from Liberia, and I'm like, something wrong with those people, but it's also like, Liberia was a country made up by the United States when they sit black African, well, they sit back they're uh, enslaved Africans back home, quote unquote, to a place to live. So it's just like, also that place wasn't a place. Yeah. Well, that place was a place. I mean, it was a place. And a lot of them, a lot of them were actually murdered. A lot of the like. But shout out to them for fighting the fight. Yeah, a lot like, of. Like, shout I, out to the I Liberians. thought they were. Oh, I did random research and I found that, but I, but I found out about Liberia. 
Um, a lot of people who went back were murdered by people who live there because America's fucking crazy. And they were like, oh, we're going to take this land and call Liberia. And they were like, well, it has a name. Right. And we live here. And a lot of people were massacred. Some people, of course, were assimilated to the, to, to assimilate and not be murdered. Right. But a lot of people were murdered who went back home. Oh my gosh. And that sounds about right because they didn't, America didn't give a fuck. They were like, get up our soil. They didn't give a damn. They don't uh, care. Oh, what a. Well, shout out to the Liberians for fighting that war. Right. Or whatever their original name was called, because who knows? Yeah. I'm I'm actually looking it up because I think I knew this. Ah, it was Costa de Pimenta. Oh, that's the original name? Yep. The Peppercoast or Grain Coast because of the abundance of Maligueta pepper, which became desired in European cooking. We know that's bullshit. Right. <laughs> European cooking. They place it near the pot. <laughs> right. <laughs> the fuck? They take out all of the, the spice. Um, okay. Guys, I'm sorry. I, I've i been activated today, and I just feel like arguing. It's the Aries in me. <laughs> but it really just upset me, because I was like, what is happening to our people? Like, yeah. what are we doing? Yeah. It's really disheartening. But, um, you know what? We're gonna hard segue. Okay. And go even deeper with our so boom asia what is our what are we talking about today okay what's the main topic i know you guys listened in last week so this week we're going to discuss accepting our parents um we had my mother on we had my cousin on and uh they're they're opposite ends of the spectrum of parenting at the beginning and not the end but you know in years in and um, I know, and my mother, we have talked before, but in hearing her talk about her perception of my childhood and childhood is always interesting to me because it's like, I don't agree. We, oh. were, we were there at the same time, but we were living two different lives, mm-hmm. right? And um, just the idea that we have to accept, well, you don't have to. The, should you accept your parents? Can you accept your parents as people, as human, right? Forgive them for the things they've done to you that... Maybe they didn't know they did to you. And like, how can that help your relationship with them if you choose to have one with them? Mm, yeah. Because it really is a choice. And I think it's very important for people to realize it's a choice. I know the world makes you feel like it's not. But it is a choice. Like this is, this, especially if you're an adult, this is another grown human being who may live in your life not in accordance with what, how you want to live your life. And you're not obligated, in my opinion, to have people in your world that are not making you happy, that don't support you, that are abusing you mm-hmm. be your parent or not yeah and i think this is a good topic for the both of us to talk about because we are at two total different spectrums mm-hmm. of the relationship process like i famously don't really be fucking with my, my family <laughs> like that well not me and my mother have a very um interesting tumultuous past and me and my dad like that nigga dad that's my nigga but like is he a father mm, mm. tricky um, and then it's you who have such a, um, a robust relationship mm-hmm. with your pa- with both of your parents individually, um, which I find to be so beautiful to see. But also in seeing that in your in the beauty in that, I have no desire for myself <laughs> to have that. I was like, that looks exhausting for me, and I'd rather not Why? have it. Um, like you know what it is. I can kick it with my dad. Um, like honestly, like me and my father can have a good time. I think we very much gel our comedy, the way that we 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 vibe. Like I can I can like sit have a beer, like chill with my dad. 
but sometimes it's just like it, it's the little things that creep in that I'm like, ugh. The, the child in me will creep up, and I'm mm-hmm. like, damn, this ain't gonna be trying at all. But he cool though. Mm-hmm. Um, and with my mother, I just it, it's just so um. The first word that came to my mind is it's so volatile, mm-hmm. and I'm just like, I'm not in a place in my life anymore where I need to fight for that relationship. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm cool. I am so cool on that. I think she, at the core of her, is a beautiful person, but. I am so disinterested in like having a, like it. She drains me. Let me ask you a question. So, not to say do you want to have what my parents and I have, but if they were two people who were like cool, would you be okay with having it? Because some people will see their parents no. as parents. They don't want to. They don't want to see them drink. No. So I'll kick sense. it with my dad all the time. Yeah. I would kick it with my dad all the time. No, you said it was draining. So I'm trying to figure out is it draining because of who they are right now, or is it because just seeing me with my parents? If they were cool parents. Oh, no, 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 no. It's the people that they are. Right. I mean, it's, it's twofold, right? Because sometimes I can't, like, honestly, I can't differentiate. Because there are things that my father, he will have so many accidents. And you know what it is? I get upset because I'm like, you're the parent that I'm not supposed to worry about. Mm. But they are two children. And I feel mm-hmm. like I'm the parent. So that's the draining part of it all. It's just like, you guys, you've had three decades, almost four decades right. to prepare for any semblance of this relationship and you are literally nowhere to be found mm-hmm. so it's just like i can deal with them as people yeah but as parents it's like absolutely not and then yeah. that's when the what i feel in my regard is like i'm the parent and then it's just like that's exhausting to me yeah i'm like, I'm like no I'm like you, you can sit down yeah. so it's just like I'll pick up the baby when I want to pick up the baby and when I don't pick up the baby when. But with my mother, I'm never picking. I don't want to pick that baby <laughs> up. Okay. Just crying in the bassinet. She can cry in the bassinet. Um, I think we've, I've, I've mentioned on this podcast that uh, my parents and I being cool is newer. You know, mm-hmm. um, is more years uncool than cool. Um, and it was, it was uh, we. we all of us played a part in getting to where we are now. Uh, my father, I think, was the biggest the biggest shocker for me because I had no plan to fuck with that nigga at all. <laughs> like I had no plans on fucking with him at all. Like I, the, how cool we are now that we speak every day. He calls me. I ne- I would never when I was 22, 23, 24, I would never have thought we'd be where we are now because mm. I was not fucking with him. Okay. Like at all. That just wasn't my dude at all. And he I think he liked me. So it wasn't even like I just didn't think he liked me. Oh. See, my father is the opposite. Like I am somebody I, I and with me, um, because I had to do a lot of work with my mother. We had like from a teenager, actually from childhood on, um, I'm like, do I wanna say I felt like abused as a kid, right? So and and I thought internally like I internalized that as like I was a bad kid but I knew I wasn't a bad kid Mm -hmm. I I just felt like um there was nothing I can do to to, like please her because like growing up my mother was my dog you know Mm -hmm. what I mean like everywhere she go I go because I was also a very shy child so I was just like everywhere she is like my buddy if you see if you see her you see me and I'm always up under my mother I love to be up under her but then it was just like something about her personality where I felt like she would like um almost like embarrass me on purpose in front of people and I was just like one I was already a highly highly sensitive child and then it was like 
I'm embarrassed by walking down the street. And also, I look so much different. I'm not, I was the only dark-skinned person. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, so many things compounded. And I was like, like you're supposed to be fucking with me. Right. Like, you're not fucking with me. <laughs> Bro, what are we doing? And right. it just it just kind of kept snowballing until I was like, um, I, I was like in the 11th grade. And I cried every day. I cried every fucking day. And I would be in my guidance council office. Shout out to Miss um, Morales. Shout out to Elizabeth Morales at um, John Jay. I'll be in that woman's office all the time crying, just telling her everything. And she was just like, kind of like, girl, you have to like, your life is ahead of you. So you have to figure this mm-hmm. out. And shout out to Mary J. Blige. Because I was like, all right, I got to, you know, I'm coming into my woman. I got to, I got to yeah. figure this out. And I had to like, over the years, I was like, okay, I have to like, as I got older, I was like, okay, my mother was this age when she was pregnant with me there's no way that me knowing myself i could have a, a kid like i really had to like really go through the process of like forgiving her and i think we spoke about on this podcast where it's like it's a constant forgiveness yeah like the forgiveness is constant because like the hurt comes up it's like you can forgive but the hurt is always there it's like they're mm-hmm. like forgive and forget you can't forgive like no. deep traumatic things you have to constantly forgive within the different stages of your of yourself in your life and I find myself constantly doing that. Um, and where the rub will happen for me is like, I, I've forgiven you for this thing that you've done and for the person that you were in this time, for the information that you knew this time, but you're still doing the same thing at right. this time. So it's just like, well, what the fuck am I going to do? And I think the biggest, this is as a non-parent, so whatever. But I feel like the biggest mistake parents, adults make is putting up this front like they're perfect, they know everything. So that when the when the curtain drops, you're like, holy fuck, you know nothing. You don't know anything. You might be dumb. The amount of adults that I'm realizing are actually not intelligent people as an adult is honestly baffling. Yeah. To this day, I'll meet someone and I'm just like, yo, adults be stupid. Because as a child, you know something is off. You know, you know. Right. But then you kind of be like, well, they, they are older. Mm-hmm. And adults, adults are supposed, and they said they know more than me because they're an adult. Mm-hmm. And I, I've only been here seven years, so <laughs> I didn't have that. I didn't have that. Um, I didn't have that as a kid. Like, I, like what my mother said was gold, and she would give me nuggets. Going back now as an adult, I was like, baby, that's just trauma that you've inflicted mm-hmm. on me. But she's always like, you know, I'm from the be seen and not heard yes. generation. I'm from the, my mother's like, you can't walk in a room and be the, the, the person always talking, you need to observe, you can't depend on anybody, so she, there was a conditioning, like, what, what my mother said, I was like, no, of course, but after a while, I'm like, but you're not doing that, and then I'm gonna, ch- and I'm gonna challenge, and I constantly challenge her, and I was like, no, but if you said this, and you're doing this, mm-hmm. then what are we doing, mm-hmm. and now, as an adult now, I can see how absolutely frustrating that has to be as a as a parent when right. you don't feel like explaining or going through but like baby that's the gig that's honestly that's the gig if I being mean, there is not the gig showing up is not, not wait just being there every day and feeding your child is not the gig it's not is and i think i i tell my mother all the time i'm like i did not ask to be here right and that's like one of the jokes people say but it's like but truly i did not yeah. ask to be here like nothing. This was not part of like the lady who sued her parents for having her a few years ago. Did she win? I don't know if she won, but she sent Sorry, them. She's like, she she's like consent to being born. 
have really forgotten the fact that I did not ask to be here. You have to take care of me. Yeah. You have to. And I don't have to appreciate it. That's the, And I think that's mm, what they also get upset. Yeah. I don't have to appreciate that I have the newest sneakers and that I have everything I need. I don't have to appreciate that. It's so nice. not that. No, I mean, but yeah, but that's, that is, yeah. a, and yeah. it's, like, it's like, I know, I know it would be nice. And as an adult, mm-hmm. I want other, I want that from other adults, right. especially when I'm not taken care of. But if I give birth to a child, I have to understand if I want to be a good mother, that this child did not ask for any of this. They didn't ask for a single thing and I cannot expect anything from them. I was telling my mother, we were talking about relationships being transactional. Mm-hmm. And I was like, not in a tit for tat thing, but like, your friends, you people. Just have to hurt. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like, you make me laugh. That's why you're in my life, mm-hmm. right? You're a good listener. That's mm-hmm. why you're in my life. What can I offer you? Am I also a good listener? Mm-hmm. And I was like, the only relationship that's not transactional is a child to, to parent. They don't have to offer you anything. A child doesn't owe you anything for you to give them everything. Right. And so many parents, they're like, but I gave birth. But no one asked you to. <laughs> nobody said nobody. anything when you was up in that room, that park, that bar, that bathroom. Nobody said. You know, like, that is your choice to have a child. And with that comes taking care of them, despite them being the worst person in the world. Yeah. Now, now just like I said about your mother, I feel like if, if they become an adult and they're still terrible people, disown your child too. I know it's harder for you to disown your children, but at some point, they have become an adult. They've lived long enough to understand, like, this is how life works. You know, yeah. they can be respectful to you. But even the idea of your kids taking care of you in your old age, that's not their job. They don't have to. It'd be nice. And people don't, that is true. But also on the flip side, people don't talk enough about, because, like, I go back and forth oftentimes. Because I'm like, if my mother wasn't my mother, would, like, would I fuck with her? And I'm like, probably not. I don't right. like her personality. And I think people don't talk enough about, like, I love my mother. I think, like, I've found all the things that I love because I had to do the work to do that, mm-hmm. right? To um justify this relationship being in my life. But people don't talk enough about, like, they always talk about, oh, the, the parent not liking a child. But it's like, sometimes your child just don't like you. Yeah. You are not my brand of person. And this has been since the inception of who I am. Yeah. Um, like, I'm a person, I mean, I will complain with my friends, but I try to keep my complaining at minimal because it's like, girl, now what? Right. Like, you could do a few, like, hee hee hoo hoo ha ha complaints, but if it's just the constant complaint, like, and my mother is a complainer, and I'm like, girl, shut the fuck up. Yeah. Like, I, I don't, get, I'm not, Um, we are not of the same brand of people, even though I've come from her. Um, yeah, and yeah, I, you guys know I love Becky, but she is probably not someone I'd be friends with. Like we'd be like we'd be like we'd be chums. <laughs> a chum is a friend, but like not like besties. Oh, not like how y'all are. Now. Okay, no, it would not be. She's, in my opinion, too sensitive. Mm-hmm. And I'm not a sensitive person, like to the extent that she is at, like where she'll break out in tears in a heartbeat. Like I'm not. Okay, I'm not that person. Um, I'm not someone that I don't like people who don't solve their own problems. Mm-hmm. That's something that bothers me about people. Like, solve this problem. Don't just keep talking about it. I don't care at this point. So, she has traits. Like, she would not be a friend that can call me middle of the night because a man did something. Like, I love my answer. Never call my answer. I don't answer now. But the point is, like, with some mothers, I'm, I'm concerned. Is everything okay? Yeah, right. 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 So, there's, so, her being my mother is why I accept the things that I would not 
set out of friendships. Now, she does have enough good qualities. Like, so she's a fun time. The lady's a fun time. Listen, um, a and a half. So she has qualities that um, I can be like, okay, she's worth being my friend. We also, I always talk about this, um, about how I, the reasons why I think me and her are able to be how we are is because, though in her mind, she raised me full time, right? In my, and this is about perception, my perception of my childhood is very different. My grandmother raised me full time. My mom was like a fun weekend. That was an interesting um, thing to sit in the middle of. Yeah, because like, I was I was trying to make it, I was like, oh, huh. But then I was like, moving on. Because I'm like, what the <laughs> And I'm like, it's so different how we have different childhoods. We have different, yeah. like my, even like uh, like my brother was discussing my father and how how he how my father raised him. And it's like from my perception, and as my sister, like my brother was my father's favorite. Mm-hmm. I think he still is his favorite, honestly. And the way he talks about my father, and I'm just like, it's so we were we were all there together, but we had totally different experiences. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So my mother, you know, her experience of of Raising me is so different than what I experienced. I think oftentimes what we do is um, sometimes we 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 visualize the want that we 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 want to happen and not the actual. I, I don't know if I'm saying this clearly, but like sometimes, like with parents, right? I think their want to be there all the time. They want to like it consumes their brain so much that sometimes they think that they're actually doing a thing, yeah. and it's like no, you baby. Because I feel like my mother would be classified as a single mom. My parents weren't together, but they were together. Ghetto shit. Um, but I feel like as her being her first child, being a single mom, she had a lot of support, right? So she doesn't know what it would have been like without all the support, uh, gotcha, right? Gotcha, gotcha. So for her, she was doing all that she had to do yeah right she was with me when she was with me because she had support of my grandmother so she i could stay here for the whole entire week and go home on weekends and that was her normalcy that was her normal life as opposed to like my friends who their mothers and fathers are in their home every night right that wasn't normal for me yeah because she's like i have to like i'm at work to provide and then yeah and she had support of not having to see me every day yeah right so for her being a first-time mom that was like yes this this is what motherhood is like Right. I'm doing all I can do, mm-hmm. but for me, it's like you're not doing enough, right? Because I don't see my parents every day, mm-hmm. and my friends do, and on TV they do, yeah. right? So now I'm comparing my life to every other life around me, and I'm like, "Fuck my parents! <laughs> where are these? That is that where are these niggas at? That's the trip, right? To right, seeing what the quote unquote ideal family is on TV. Because I I think I've said this on um this podcast, and I say it in my life famously. TV raised me. Mm. TV raised me in ways where I got like core values. I watch. I know it's tricky now, but I watch like TGI Friday lineup, mm-hmm. step by step. I watch the Cosby Show, not like reruns or whatever. So I figured out what um, a family was, what family dynamics were, and then um, and then also going to church, which. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like what a good person is so I tried to like compare and contrast now did I fall deeply and steeply from that oftentimes absolutely I felt like I was some as much as 
And then also it, it was difficult because I think what my mother did was my mother was a stern woman. Like to this day, my friends would be like, yo, how your mother comes? Yo, she was wild back mm-hmm. in the day. Like she was like, I couldn't, like you couldn't call my house like that. I could barely have calls. I would have like to schedule my calls when she wasn't in the house. Um, I couldn't really have friends. Um, I didn't have any friends over. And for me to go to a friend house, it was like a big deal. Like I had to, like their mom had to call my mom and then they had to have some kind of relationship, which in hindsight is good because you don't want to, you don't want to send your child over to somebody's house that you don't know. Right. Um, and you have no idea where your kid is and that's her doing her due diligence. And she, and for a lot of things she did get right in the, in the protection, but it was just like, lady, you could like take your foot off my neck. I was a fucking A student. I was always like the honor roll. Like I had no other choice, but to be at the top of my class and to perform there one, because I was curious, but two also like I had to show something for her because there was no like bringing home, uh, uh, a fucking um, a good like because mm-hmm. there was no grades in elementary school right there, there was no home bringing home a good because it's like right. why don't you have an excellent right. why is it not fit like it was always like I had to constantly like do more be better do like and it was just like bitch I'm exhausted <laughs> and I just want to go sleep over at my friend's right. house like and I think I told Asia and I was like yo like my mother was so strict that I had my friend's mom's lying for me <laughs> just so I can like be a normal kid. So like, I would be like, Oh, I'm staying over at my friend Aisha's house. And then Aisha's mom would call my mother and be like, Oh yeah, but we are at Aisha's aunt's house in motherfucking Bushwick <laughs> and we live in Bedstock, and we staying over there for the weekend. So it's just like, and, and I do and for that. I'm like, I understand her wanting to protect her child, and I get that. I do. But as a child, I'm like, bitch, you could have let up. Or met me somewhere halfway. Also, like, my curfew was always the same, no matter how. Like, what was your curfew? 7 o'clock. Okay. Up until I was, like, I want to say, like, 16. I so I couldn't go to any, I, I couldn't go to any parties. Like, and I went to, like, a party with a bunch of, like, Flatbush kids. So it was always a fet. It was always soca. It was always like mm-hmm. a dance hall party. So like I, I mean, I was popular because I have no idea. <laughs> Actually, Just cause. I have no. I think because mm-hmm. I'm loud. I have no idea. But like you know, I had friends. I had people. I had a, you know. Um, but I wasn't doing the shit that the popular kids were doing at mm-hmm. all. Like I, I didn't go to my first party until I was like sixteen when I stayed at my best friend's house mm-hmm. when I used to run away for the weekend. Um, I was actually talking to shout out to Sally B. She's still on maternity leave. Yeah. Doing that the new mom thing, that new mother thing. Well, that cute little fucking baby. Adorable. Oh. Honestly. It's so cute. cute. Delicious feet. Anyway. <laughs> you need feet. Um, we were talking yesterday about um what she's going through as a new mom. And I was saying one of the disservices that and I can only speak for the black community, black diasporic community. We if you think about it, like we haven't had it easy, uh-huh. air quotes, we haven't had it easy until now, right? So, what do you mean by easy? So, we're only about four or five generations from slavery. Okay. Right? Mm-hmm. 
our parents, our mothers specifically, didn't have the time to just ha ha kiki with us. Right. They they were working. They were out. Matter, they were fucking slaves. Oh, oh, okay. You went way back. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. So no, that was that was work to them, but yeah. that also was that was they were fucking they were fucking slaves. They were in survival mode. Mm-hmm. Like you couldn't just. It was like you can't even laugh. I, I won't massively hear you laughing. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's like so she had a child who was born maybe. Let's say we start. I think my my great grandmother was born in 1912. Mm-hmm. Right. So her parents were definitely at the tail of slavery. Right. right. So now her mother was born to a slave or was a slave. Who knows? She only knows survival. She right. does not know ha ha he he. She knows, listen, you got to do X, Y, and Z. You got to stay alive. You right. have to stay alive. Like, I must keep you alive. I must protect you at all costs. I don't, I was never even, I don't know what, obviously, we don't know what slavery was like, but I don't know how much nurturing mm. mothers were allowed to, we, well, we know they weren't allowed to breastfeed their own children. Right. Right. They were Black children were were dying because they're they're feeding the the owners kids, right? So I don't know to the extent of how much nurturing as a whole black mothers have ever been able to give their children, and that just passes down. You 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 only know what you're taught, right? So this is this is before we have internet, before we have mental health, before we have anything, right? So now my grandmother, who's born to my grandmother, she only knows the same thing. I know I have to keep them alive, keep them fed, kept, keep them clothed. The other shit, and parents say this, like, I don't got, I'm not be your friend. Mm-hmm. I keep you alive. And it's just like, well, damn. <laughs> right? But they really, that. Yeah, they really only know yeah. those skills. Yeah. So now she has my mother who, you know, people are now a little more into mental health. Not a black community, but we know white folks are into mental health by this time. By the, by the 80s, mm-hmm. white people have therapists. Right. And we're seeing it on TV. And, and you know, my, mother, my mother's hard growing up. She would say it was hard at all. So there's that. But her hard living is nothing compared to like her grandmother's hard living. Right. Nothing at all. So we get to be softer throughout the generations. Right. So now we have like Salome, right? Who she gets to be completely soft. But then she has to contend with her mother who couldn't be soft, her grandmother who couldn't be soft, to the point when she's expressing her need for emotional support and they're like, why? Right. Because they they didn't even, they probably needed it too because they're humans. But it was never even offered to them. And to see someone wanted is like, are you just weak? It's like, no, I'm a human. Right. And you probably would have wanted this too. You didn't know you didn't know you had access to it, or you didn't know you needed this. Or no. Or they had the, the feeling of wanting the help and needing the help, having that ink you know, having that thing come up in them, but then they think to themselves that that is weakness in right. themselves. Right. Which is unfortunate. Insane. In trauma. So now yeah. we have so now we have like our generation where we're like, mental health is important. I want this soft life. And not even like, I, I, I want to be treated nicely, mm-hmm. right? I want to be treated like a, per, a human being yeah. who also carried a child for nine months and who has to, like, my body is forever changed. My butthole is split open, right? Like, my teeth are fell up. My hips dislocated. I have a ball spot, right? Yeah. And it's like, that's hard on your body. Yeah. And people are telling you to suck it up. I did it. And it was like, I'm sorry that you have to go through that. Right. Wouldn't you have wanted someone to like be nice to you and help you? And they can't even fathom the idea of having of having someone emotionally support them because they never had it. And we haven't had it in generations. So and I, I feel like in that also because they're so divorced from their emotional life that they don't even know what the fuck is going on with themselves. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like part of accepting your parents is like it takes a lot of thinking a lot of the time. It takes so much 
thinking. Yeah. It takes so, even more, I mean, forgiveness, I think, comes at the end of it. But you have to think about who they are as individuals and be like, oh, you know what? Because like Ty was saying, my mom had me at 23. Your fucking front court, <laughs> cortex lobe is not even developed to 25. Yeah. She's not even like, this is not even a developed human being. <laughs> Having a baby. Having a child. Yeah. She's not fully developed. Why does she even have me? Right? Your mother had you at 23? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so crazy. I also thought, and that was the other thing because I, and that's my child mind, right? I was my mom was the oldest mom in the group. And I think my mother had me when she was like 21. Mm. Um, and she's always been the oldest. And I, and I, sometimes I would feel embarrassed about that. But then as I got older, I was like, wait, first of all, these were teen moms. <laughs> right. Like, right. you need to slow your cooch down. Um, but you also said something about, uh, forget, yeah, about thinking of them as, as humans. And I think what was easier for me to accept my mother how she is and how, well, how she was, how she is, it's the lack of development mm-hmm. really bothers me. But how she was in those moments where I find the most traumatic for me, right? It was like she was never a person that w- would hide her pain and her hurt mm-hmm. from me. And she would oftentimes, like, kind of um, include you. To- to her, it was a sharing. To me, it was a dumping, right? Because mm-hmm. it's like, what do I do with this thing that you've given me that I see you in this way, but you are supposed to be, like, literally my everything. And we also talk about right. how you can't be your child's everything. But, like, in my world, you are the authority. You are the, the, the person that I go to. So if you are sharing with me these 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 thoughts that you're having, these, um, you know, and my mother, dealt, she deals with mental health in, in a way. Mm-hmm. And... I mean, to this day, I, I still haven't forgiven her for that because I was like, that was a heavy thing. That was a shitty thing to do to mm-hmm. your kid. But also, I'm like, this was a deeply hurt woman. This is a, a woman who hasn't resolved any of these things in herself. So it right. makes it easier for me to see her and to forgive her a, a little bit more quickly because I'm like, okay, we're, we're not dealing with the same things. But then it's just like, the work comes in when it's like, why would you, like, when you experience the, the, the very thing that the parent had experienced to them that they didn't like, mm-hmm. and it's just like, well, why the fuck are you doing this right. to me you now? Didn't, you didn't like it. You didn't like it, so why yeah. are you doing this? And sometimes they can't even explain it. They're just like, they're playing They're playing mom. They're playing dad. It's this is, yeah, no, but they think that this is the way that you have to be, but it's like, I need you to critically think right now. And do some work, not even, yeah, like, do some work. They didn't have the do-the-work thing back then. No. But I need you to think a little deeper, and let's get down to the bottom of this, and why your logic right now makes no sense. If you didn't feel good when this was happening to you, and you are currently doing this, and you don't know why, and I'm saying this in air quotes, you need to figure out why, and you need to figure out another course of action. And this is where you have to figure it out. And like Asia said, like, they don't, they didn't have, or they felt that they didn't have the luxury of softness and time and figuring shit out. And but they health. did. But you did. Because they didn't know. If but you, they didn't know. You know, if you don't know what you don't know. You right? don't know what you don't know. But I think that people, and, and see, this is what I battle between, like, the intellectualized human being and the child mm-hmm. that has to work through their own, that constantly working through their own trauma. Because I'm like, yeah, okay, you had this thing, but it's just like, if I, even if I didn't have the words before I went to, I, I, I 
did all of this work before I even went to therapy. Before mm. I knew, I knew that I wanted to go to therapy because I think my mom went to therapy for something totally different. And I was mm-hmm. like, that's, I was like, whoa, shut up. <laughs> but then I realized that people just go to therapy to like talk to people. And I think right. that's when the, the chicken soup for the soul books come out. Oh. People talking about, and you know, I, I'm a huge Mary J. Blige fan. So she's always like in interviews talking about how like you need to work on yourself. You need to figure yourself out. And you know, I'm also a writer and I was at that time and I was like very introspective and I was like, yeah, I need to figure myself out. Cause if I don't love myself, then nobody else is going to love me. How do I, you know, the questions that you ask yourself and I'm like, Sometimes I'm like, did you not have a luxury of a brain? But that is me. <laughs> that is me. Yes, and I also think, if we go back to the whole weakness thing, right? Because, mm-hmm. I mean, before this, you didn't believe depression was a real thing. That is, <laughs> listen. Right? Like, you just accepted depression and in, that's the last, why, in the last two years. And that's years. why I didn't accept that depression was a real thing, because I watched my depressed mother go through this. And I was like, in, in my child, I was like, you're not trying hard enough. You're not doing, like... And I'm diagnostic. I'm doing diagnostics on something that I'm not in. I'm not in her feelings. I'm not in her body to to know what she's feeling. But I'm watching you on the outside, and I'm like, well, you're sad because you're not doing this. Maybe you should get a job. Maybe you should find a purpose. Maybe you should do try some things, not knowing that she's probably debilitated and she can't get up, or she doesn't feel that good about herself where she feels like she deserves to get there were so many other layers that I mm-hmm. could not um conceptualize as a child mm-hmm. that I'm like okay now I'm like all right her mental health thing not even see me minimizing her mental health thing her mental health was a very real thing in her life right um but I just did it and, and because of that and all throughout my life I was just like you know you have people like on Oprah show like oh you know uh Depression can be passed down from general. And I was like, well, I'm not going to get depressed because I know what my purpose is in life. And I know. And then the pandemic happened. I said, oh. Yes. And I've I've talked about knowing my purpose has been some of the source of my depression. (laughs) 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 Because knowing what our purpose is and being so beholden to it. And clear on it. And clear on it. And having trouble obtaining it Mm -hmm. is a very fucking depressing like I would, I, I I wouldn't want to be this age and still being like I don't know. I'm glad I do know, but I told Ty before. I said some days I wake up and I pray that the affliction <laughs> of cre- I'm that, to mom. <laughs> that the affliction of creativity leaves my body. I can become a lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> I just would love to wake up one day and it'd be like I have no desire to be creative and I could just go to grad school. Do my four or five years in something very sort very uh, yeah. already sorted out yeah. and become part of capitalistic world. I would honestly love it. Cause I, me wanting to do this. Yeah. You know what's so crazy? I think my mother's an artist at mm-hmm. heart. I do. I do and I've and I every I you know, that therapist that I don't have anymore. Um, shout out to you. But I was telling her the story, this story that I kind of like forgot about. And I was like, yeah, I started writing because, you know, I think I told you on here. But yeah, I think she's an artist at heart because like she was in the playwriting at the Boys and Girls Club doing adults and I was in the children's one. And everybody was raving about how like my mother wrote this play. So I was like, I'm going to write a play too because my mom wrote one. Mm-hmm. And that was like my, that's how the love of my um, writing started. But I think she was al- always already a writer. Mm-hmm. But because she wasn't a good student, she didn't think that 
she could have it. And I was, and I've been meaning to ask her, but I'm like, also, she's not an easy person to talk to. Right. So I don't, I'm like, uh, the cons the, the where I'll wear the books. <laughs> well, in my mind, you're just the artist. And now you're saying, I'm like, I can see how that's just, because you said depression and I say despair. It is a it is despair for me to get up every day and to be clear on your purpose. I'm like, right. oh my lord! Oh, it's so funny. That was my individual healing. I love when me and my friends are on the same wavelength of life. Uh, it just feels so good to know that like we're all growing and in the same wave. I don't. I can't explain it. Yeah. So today we had a, our friend um, so randomly. Yeah. Sent us a, um, a voice note talking about how um, he basically accepted his parents for the trauma inflicted on him, right? Um, and he is somebody also in my life who famously, which is we probably trauma friends, um, that grew into something else. Friends of the show, Leroy, sent Asia and I a voice note talking about, um, and I love when my friends are sympathetical with me, right? Um, and he was talking about how the relationship that he has with his parents is growing now that he is like a man and how he, through work that he's doing on himself in therapy and in um, grad school, that it, it they're in a really sweet spot and, and he's learning things about his, his parents now, whereas before it was very much a, um, a parent-child relationship mm -hmm. and now... And now they are much more like human to human. Um, and he was saying how he just expressed, you know, what his experience was uh, growing up. And unexpected to him, his parents apologized to him. Right. And they were receptive. And they were, and they were rece receptive. And he, not, he wasn't looking for the reception. He was looking to say his piece. Um, but to be received in that way and to be seen and to be apologized to um, just like took their relationship to another level where now they, they're all trying yeah. to, to not only be, uh, you know, uh, mother and son and, and father and son, but just also be friends, which I, I he didn't say friends, but that's what I'm, I'm getting mm -hmm. from that. Because after a certain while, like, not that parenting is done, parenting pivots yeah. once you become older because it's like sometimes I may still need my mom or my dad but like more I just would rather fuck with you as a person mm -hmm. is what I understand my friends say because ain't got nothing to say about that <laughs> <laughs> I think it's also because like and this is not me saying everyone who's with the parents are not on the same page go out and talk to them and because and, it might not work out but I feel like if someone displays repeated behavior over and over again, you have no faith that this is the time they're going to change and be receptive, right? And we know that our parents are who we've known the longest in our entire life. Like, that is who we know. That's literally day one, right? So it's like, if I'm now in my late 30s, I've experienced you for 30, 30 years plus nine months, I've been dealing with you, and you've been doing the same thing for 30 years plus nine months. Plus 10 months. Plus 10 months. So it's like, why would I come to you and say this, this thing to you? Mm -hmm. If you've, if over the last 30 years plus 10 months, you have never showed any <laughs> ability to be receptive to what I'm saying to you, mm -hmm. right? So I don't think everyone should, if you're dealing with this, I don't think you should just go out and do it, you know. You, you know your mom or your dad, figure it out. Yeah, you should. But yeah. I do think we forget that they also have to the change. 
and things can change about them. Yeah. And because, like, a wall, a wall comes up with us because we're like, I know this person, I know what they're going to say, and sometimes they'll say something that you did not expect. And it's like, yeah. Like, like I said, me and my dad were not cool, and he ended up apologizing to me for, like, being mean to me when I was a child. And it completely caught me off guard. Because he's not someone I would ever expect to apologize for anything. <laughs> like, for anything. I don't think I've heard him say sorry in my entire life. And he was like, no, I'm sorry for what I did. And he, expl- he explained himself. I, this was very unprompted. I think, at the time, I was just going through a lot. And I think he saw my despair. And this was probably actually toxic because... Basically, what he explained to me was that I didn't need him like my siblings needed him. And so he just didn't fuck with me like that, mm-hmm. right? And I think at this particular time in my life, I was really leaning on him because I was going through a lot. And I think it was the first time he got to be my father. Ah, uh, yeah. Like, he, it was like, my grandma, so, my grandma yeah. already passed away. My mom was on her bullshit. And he and I got to, like... I got to, like, lean on him and talk to him. I think it was his first time of, like, oh, she does need me. Right, yeah. Or she has the capacity to need me. Because it wasn't, like, I, I was, it wasn't, like, like, Leroy, where I was, like, let me tell you what's going on. No, it was, like, we were in path marks. So this is, you know, we're just not like this anymore. And he just said, like, I'm sorry. And I was, like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> I was, like, what, what are we doing here? What are we, what, why are you, what are we doing? What are we doing? And he just ex- explained his side of the story, really. And I was just, like, okay. And, like, from that day, I've been a lot more. I mean, that really just changed everything for me. Because even though I was leaning on him, I really wasn't fucking with him on a deep, deep level. Mm-hmm. But like from that day forward, it was like, okay, I get it. Right. I get it. Because again, he, my mom was twenty three, he was twenty five. He's a man, so that cortex was barely coming in. It was paper thin. Um, so these are two people who are not mature enough to have a child. It's their first child. Um, they don't know any fucking better. They don't know anything. We really were just like the guinea pig. Fucking experiment. I'm surprised I made it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm fucking screaming. But guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode. We would love to know if you guys fuck with your parents. Right. <laughs> like, I'm not, you know, okay, before we go, now I'm thinking, you have me thinking, and I'm like, that's probably why I fuck with my dad. Because he's good on words, and he's, like, expressed, not enough, but enough for me, that he's, like, sorry. Mm-hmm. Now, he hasn't said, no, but he probably has said, he like, he's sorry that, I, like, he wasn't there, because I think I once, I don't, whatever. I probably, I was being direct, but I was like, yeah, like, when I grew up, we just didn't have enough to eat, and that made him cry. <laughs> I mean, I guess it would. Yeah. Um, But it was just like, yeah, my mother was struggling, like, you know, it, it's not that we didn't have, we had only oodles and noodles, and that's to me, nothing to eat in the house. Right. Um, and he was just like, so, I guess he felt bad about the, the way in which I grew up, knowing that he could have done more, maybe. Mm. Well, no, he definitely could have done more. He's a drug dealer. Um... But I think that's why, because he's willing to acknowledge mm-hmm. where he has um, fucked up on his and on his part, right? And yeah, that's probably why. I, uh, in the pop, guys, an apology goes a long way. It, it goes an acknowledgement of the things you did wrong, yeah, goes so yeah. Acknowledgement, far. not just an apology. Acknowledgement yes. of, the, uh, of your experience, yes. And, because they also were experiencing the yeah. same thing on the flip side. Because yeah. 
quick side note, uh, one of my ex-boyfriends, he would apologize a lot, but I'd be like, what are you apologizing for? And his answer was always wrong. And I'm like, I'm like, wait, what? Is that what you think is, is that why you think I'm upset? <laughs> no, like, this is not it. No. And then he would be like, well, I said, sorry. And I'm like, but you're not apologizing for the thing that actually bothered me. Yeah. So if you're not acknowledging or, or understanding or receptive or addressing what you did wrong, yeah. apology means nothing. It means yeah. nothing. And I learned that in friendships. Because I would be quick to be like, all right, I'm sorry. Now shut the fuck up about this. But then it's like, no, you actually have to acknowledge the, the hurt inflicted, whether you intended to or not. Yeah. Um, and you have to apologize. You, you yeah. just truly have to apologize, not only not for like, for that person's experience, but also your part in, 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 in um, making them feel like that. Your actions making like that other person feel like yeah. that, whether or not you intended to or not. And what's so important for me about apologizing in that particular way is like, let's be clear on what I'm upset about, right? Like, it's like, okay, I, I didn't like your outfit. And it's like, it's all, it's like, you'll say, I'm sorry, I like your outfit. It's like, no, no, no. I don't care if you like my outfit. Mm-hmm. That is not why I'm upset. I didn't like your delivery in telling me you didn't like my outfit. It's, we need to be on the same page about yeah. what you're doing so we can avoid this happening in the future. Right. Don't just stay sorry because because it will, it will happen again. <laughs> like, you, not sorry, I didn't like your outfit. No, I, no, you need to apologize <laughs> for the way that you made me feel. Like I'm unlovable. Like girl, yes. be better. Yeah, you could you could dislike everything you want, but you don't have to like call me names. Right. <laughs> That's the actual problem. So yeah. Um, um, I think this one went all over the place, this episode. We did not stay on topic. But I think, I think we did. But I think you guys have... No, because there was other things that I wanted to say about, like, ways that you can go about to accept your parents, but I just... Guys, I'll put it on IG stories. I mean, I think... This the, episode I think... I'll say this. I feel like an important, important skill or thing to do is have empathy. I think you have to have empathy for your parents. If you want to know them, if you don't, then who cares, right? Mm-hmm. But if you are someone who wants to understand them and have a relationship with them, you have to be empathetic to what they went through as a whole as individual outside of you. I think as speaking to black people, particularly, we have to understand the trauma that has been our lives from outside sources. The world is against us, right? So there's trauma that our parents have that wasn't even from their own fucking parents. It was from the world, mm-hmm. Right. So I think, like I said before, I think you have to think. Like, really sit down and think. And just because you view them in a way, right, doesn't mean that society also will see them in the same way that you do. Yeah. Because it's tricky. Yeah. Because I thought my mama was a beauty queen. Actually, she knew that. I was going to say, yeah. Like, (laughs) now that I'm like, I think, no, but I don't think she, I think people said it to her, but she, she didn't receive it. You know what it is. I, I think she just didn't believe that she was. And I was like, "Girl, like, first of all, you in the '90s, you light skin, you got hair, like you, you is giving you and your silk shirts." <laughs> but yeah, so yes, humanize your your parents. Um, think about the way in which their lives are, and even if you have problems, I would I would throw out there. Um, don't focus on the problems. In order to humanize them, you have to be curious about their lives that they have before you, because I think that's how I came to my thing. I would mm-hmm. ask questions about um, who they were before before me, um, or how the, how they grew up, and then that's how I would glean um, introspection into 
their life and mm-hmm. how they have the, the thought, their thought processes that they have now. And if you are a parent, um, be it a new mom or an old mom, um, and your kid is having trouble understanding you, you have to humanize yourself. Yes. And you have to take away the facade that you know everything and you've been through everything because you haven't. Right. You've been through a lot, but not everything. And you have to appear to your child as, this is going to sound controversial, especially to black people, but as an equal and one of the, the, the little friends. Okay? Because they talk, we talk to our little friends. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. And I don't think you have, you don't owe your child every like intricate detail. But you can give them the cliff notes, and if they have questions, you can let them know whether or not, like, you know, it's like hot potato, cold potato. Like, uh, all right, that's that question is a little too hot for me Mm -hmm. to answer. But you, like Asia said, you do, like, you do owe it to your child in order to, um, to really arm them with the information that they need to, like, survive in this world and not just, like, thrive in a way that's, like, in a capitalist society, but, like, as human beings to be more empathetic, to be more sympathetic, to really, like, love thy neighbor as you love yourself, and also to help them love themselves more, because what they see you doing, even though you're not conscious of it, is, like, what we, like, as the children tell ourselves what's, like, right and wrong in life, Mm -hmm. even though you haven't specifically said that, but we're watching the way in which you live your lives, so it's, like, you do have to, like, let the veil down a bit. You have to. Yeah. Now, you don't have to be like, oh, like, he would be my ass if I didn't eat his ass type shit. Yeah, but like, don't trauma dump. Right. This yeah, is, don't trauma dump. That's what I'm trying to say. your five-year-old therapist. That's what I'm saying. Don't trauma dump on your children, please. Yeah. But where, wherever your kid is at in life, like, you know, you have a seven-year, let's say older, an eight-year-old who has a crush, right? Don't be like, don't do this thing where it's like, don't like boys. Focus on school. Oh, that was my mother. It's unrealistic because they do like boys. I know, but... And it's hard to focus on school. I would say... This is my last tangent. If if your child at a very young age, in fact, are liking a lot of boys in a way that you know is problematic because your child may be a hoe, there is a way to broach it sensitively. Don't, like... Because that's what my mother said. But also, I had no... I had no business in them saying kisses because they're boobs. Mm -hmm. I didn't. I was too big. What? Yeah. <laughs> all right, all right, guys. So we're gonna go. We're gonna go. Um, we want to know if you guys fuck with your parents. Are you cool with your parents? Do you love your parents? Do you hang out? Um, let us know if anything we said was like an aha moment for you. We would love to know. Um, as we always say, like, follow, subscribe, engage, engage, engage. Share with all of your friends. Share with your mother. Share with your fathers. We're gonna cover all demographics. Um, and we love to see comments and um, even critiques. So hit us up. Yes. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of Pontificating Podcast with your girls. Uh, I am the Asia Thomas, uh, Seiki, and Sally, and your girl, I am Queen Ty. Please don't forget to follow us on Pontificating Pod. You can follow us, engage, 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 and like us on YouTube. We are at From the Burrows Podcast like subscribe follow engage and don't forget we love y'all play cousins bye